Good morning, friends. I'm really glad to see you all. Good morning to all of you watching online. We're so glad that you're worshiping with us this morning. Several years ago, my 17-year-old soccer star niece, Liza, had a stroke, and it almost killed her. She was in a coma for weeks. She was in rehab for over a year. And even today, she still struggles with left-sided weakness, it's hard to imagine, in her body, and some other deficits that have made her young life hard. She lost a year of high school, and she graduated behind her schoolmates. But Liza rose. She went to college, and she graduated. And this fall, she begins, there she is, packed up, ready to begin the third year, or her final year of her master's degree in public health. Liza is one of my heroes. Liza has grit. Grit is not about who can lift the heaviest weights or yell the loudest or act tough. It is a deep, interior kind of strength, and it can be developed. It can be grown, it can be strengthened, and it will help us do more than we ever thought possible in life. And so we're starting this fall with a series about a certain kind of grit, the kind of grit we're defining as spiritual strength. The strength to do what Jesus calls us to do. Not necessarily huge things, not necessarily dramatic things or world-changing things, but important things. Nonetheless, things that are demanded of us in this life. Grit is the strength to do these things over the long haul, day after day after day after day. To care for a child with special needs, to work at a marriage or a friendship, to cheer for the cubs, <laughs> to finish our degree, to care for a sick spouse, to work at a job that feels like a dead end, to deal with chronic pain, to pack school lunches day after day after day, to live out the long, lonely journey of grief to follow Jesus when it isn't easy or comfortable or advantageous. Anybody here this morning need some grit? So over these next four weeks, we're gonna use the acronym G-R-I-T. Uh, you know we like some acronyms here at Orchard. Um, Brian used one last week, but here we are. Um, we're gonna use this acronym to flesh out four ingredients that are needed to help us grow in grit, to grow in spiritual strength. We're gonna start this morning talking about how we need God to grow in spiritual strength. Carla will be here next week talking about how we need each other to help ourselves grow in grit, then Dave's gonna talk about the power of intentional inspiration 
And then Jeff Mickey's going to talk about how training and trials can help us grow in spiritual strength. Now, this morning, as I said, I want to talk about the truth that God has grit in abundance. And God wants to share his grit with us, with you, with me. This is all over the scriptures. The writer of Psalm 73 cries out, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. The prophet Isaiah declares, God gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. And the apostle Paul wrote this kind of stuff over and over and over again. He said, when I am weak, It's then that I am strong in Christ. And he said, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Now, if your life is anything like mine, you wish that accessing the strength of God was as simple as asking for it and then immediately receiving it. Wouldn't that be fabulous? Like when your phone's out of batteries and you charge it and you see that flashing battery icon and all is well. Wouldn't that be great? Maybe we could have churches with little human charging stations, right? You could just pull up, get plugged in and off you'd go. I have found (laughs) that that is not the way that receiving the strength of God into my weary life works at all. One of my favorite biblical philosophers said this. He said, the address of God is at the end of your rope. Isn't that nice? Isn't that a nice quote? Super idea, Dallas Willard. But how do I find God's strength when my last bit of strength is gone? How do I find God when I am at the end of the rope with myself? Have you ever been there? I have patterns of behavior that just dog me. Ways of being that I don't like. That I can't seem to change or fix. And the older I get, the more clear these patterns have become to me. This is just a painful part of spiritual growth is that God won't leave me alone about these things. (laughs) I'm like, can we just overlook these, please? Can we just move along with life here? God loves me too much. And so I think the central question that I'm trying to ask for myself this morning and for all of us is this, how... Does God give us strength? How? How do we access the strength and power of God in our lives when our daily life just feels like a slog? And how do we grow in grit? The kind of grit God can provide. Well, the Apostle Paul has some thoughts for us from the third chapter of 
this letter he wrote to new Jesus followers in the ancient city of Ephesus. It's on the back of your card or front, whichever one, this Ephesians verse that we're gonna look at this morning if you wanna follow along, but it'll also be up on the slides. Um, Paul is praying for this brand new little band of, of Christians. And this is what Paul prays. He says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he's talking about God, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And then he gives this glorious benediction. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. It's a mouthful. But as I meditated on this passage over these last weeks, I saw three truths in it about how God can help us grow in grit. I saw the fact that God has strength and power and that we are to root ourselves in God's love and that God's power is closer to us than we know. So let's break those down. First, we see in this text that God's strength and power are available. Look at just these little chunks that I've pulled from our text. This is what Paul says. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. And he goes on to say, and I pray that you, being established, rooted and established in love, may have power. And then he says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to what? His power that is at work within us. Strength and power are all over this prayer. But what kind of strength? Whose kind of power? Very often in scripture, we need to look back to earlier parts of this letter to find out exactly what Paul is talking about. So if we look back to the very first chapter of Ephesians, we're gonna see Paul tell us what kind of power this is he's talking about. He says, I pray that you will know how great his power is for those who have put their trust in him. And look at this, almost unbelievable, no, completely unbelievable statement. It is the same power that raised Christ from the dead. God's power is the kind of power that can bring dead things back to life. And oh man, do I need that kind of power. When I'm weary, when I'm at the end of my rope, when life is just flat out hard, God, I feel dead inside. 
can you resurrect me? Can you bring me back to life, please? Power beyond the edges of our human imagination is available in and through God. And that power, the power and strength of God himself is somehow to be the engine of our grit, of our spiritual strength. Okay? Point number one. Point number two is that God's love is the soil that we are to plant ourselves in. Listen to how he says this. Paul says, I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. This wording right here, this idea of being rooted and established in love is like, is like the imagery of a tree with deep, deep roots, established and strong, right? Growing tall and majestic in the soil of God's love. And when we're seeking God's strength to give us grit, for the slog of life, we must ensure, this is our part, that the roots of our spirit are sunk deep down into the wide, long, high, and deep love of God. It's a little bit like planting a succulent, something I fail at regularly. Probably because I don't pay extra, Chuck, I don't pay extra, it's very important in our marriage, to purchase the special potting soil that's designed for succulent plants, right? And if you don't plant a succulent plant in the right soil, cheerio, bye-bye succulent. And if we don't plant ourselves in the right soil, Paul is saying the right thing doesn't grow in our lives. Love, the love of God for us the love of God for our neighbor, for our enemy, is the soil in which we must plant ourselves. And we must establish ourselves there. Meaning, don't pluck yourself up from the soil of love and repot yourself in the soil of self-hatred or the soil of self-rejection or the soil of self-righteousness. So how do we do that? I mean, how do you plant yourself in the love of God? Someone said, I can't remember who it was, it is easier for us to believe that God exists than to believe that God loves us. So something I've been doing, I did it at the eye doctor the other day when I had to wait in those little rooms all by myself for 15 minutes. Every time I breathed in, I said, I am. And every time I breathed out, I said, so loved. I am so loved. I am so loved. 
It's as close as your breath, friends, that reminder to plant yourself in the love of God because love is the soil in which God, God's power grows. And get this, don't miss this in the text. When we plant ourselves in the love of God and when we remain there, Paul says we get filled up with God himself. Dudes. <laughs> this is Paul's culminating thought about how we can access the power of God for our lives. This is the final thought. God's strength is so very close. Look at the language Paul uses. The first thing he says is, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit. Where? in your inner being, so that Christ may what? Dwell, live, make his home in your hearts through faith. He's not done. And I pray that you may have power to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love so that you may be what? Filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And one more thing. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to what? His power that is where? At work within us. Somehow in ways I do not understand, God lives in me. Christ dwells in my heart. The spirit resides. He takes up residence in my inner being and in yours. So when we pray and we ask God to give us his strength, we are not praying to a being who is far away, a father who's unavailable or aloof or out there somewhere. No, friends, no. The God of all power, the one who raised Jesus from the dead, somehow makes his home right here. And right there. God is as close as our heartbeat as our breath, as our vision. We are temples of the Holy Spirit. Christ in us is the hope of glory. In him we live and move and have our being. John, one of Jesus' disciples says, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us. God's strength God's resurrection power, friends, is closer than we know. And this is a great mystery. My friend Clint Reedy is very familiar with the great slog of life. He has faced and continues to face issues with his health that demand discipline from him that at times has felt like too much but he's not given up, even though he's been at the tail end of his rope more times than he wishes. So I want you to watch this video and listen to him share just a snippet of what he's been facing and how he leans into God's power as a source of grit. So all my life I have dealt with 
being overweight uh, since I was a young child. Um, and in recent years, I have, that, that has compounded itself into type 2 diabetes and into liver disease and uh, other problems. Uh, about a year ago, I was faced with an ultimatum from my doctor, which said uh, that I either needed to go on a medication that I really didn't want to, or to um, get involved with a new way of eating. So I did end up seeing a specialist and, um, and explored that new way of eating and that has demanded uh, a new level of discipline and uh, strength needed to do that. An old pastor of mine used to use an analogy about an airplane. Um, an airplane has two wings. One wing is what I do, the other wing is what God does, and the plane needs both wings to fly. Um, on the one hand, I have to commit to doing my part. On the other hand, God is there to help me, to provide strength for me. One way that I tap into God's strength uh, is through prayer. Uh, a couple of prayers that I pray are um, just a general turning over of my problems to God. Um, I know that I can't do it myself by myself. To turn over or to surrender what I can't do and ask God to help me do it is one of those prayers. The other one is just in the moment. I'm faced with temptations in eating every day and um, just praying a quick prayer of God help me. Um, praying the prayer itself is, is a help, but then relying on that strength that I know God can give me through that prayer is the other way I can overcome those temptations. Be brave of him to do. And after he finished that video, you know, Clint and I agreed that there's no magic here. Right? This is nitty gritty in the trenches faith. This is about getting honest with God and putting his promises into action, and almost always, it will demand more than we have. And this kind of grit will not be perfect, or peaceful, or even very pretty. <laughs> but it is one of the core truths of our faith. This is one of the core promises of scripture, that God is our refuge, and our strength, and our very present help in times of trouble. So what do you and I do when we are at the end of our rope? Just like Clint said, we pray, which simply means we tell God the truth as best we can, right? Prayer's not the place to be good, friends. It's the place to be honest. We tell God the truth, knowing that he already knows. And we tell God about how, how darn weary we are. We tell God, God, I'm at the end of my rope. And then we remember these truths. God has strength and power that he wants to give us. 
we ground ourselves, remember, in the deep, rich, wide, tall love of God. And we remember that God is right here. And we ask for power and strength, the kind of power and strength that can take a dead Lord of the whole universe and bring him back to life again. And then we do our part, just like Clint talked about, right? Two wings to fly a plane. And like Liza, we rise. And we do the next right thing. And then we do the next right thing. And then the next one. And as we do, we turn to the God who dwells within us, who works within us, who we are apparently filled with. We turn to the one who is the true source of grit. And we trust that God to carry us home. Amen. I want to close by just praying for all of us this prayer that's on the back of your card, you can take this home, put it in your purse, put it on your bathroom mirror, put it in the kitchen, take it to work with you. It's a prayer that Clint and I wrote based on this teaching and his video. Let's pray. God, I am so tired. I'm weary to the bone. At the end of my rope, Will you please meet me here? I need your strength and power. I need your inexhaustible love. And I need to be reminded that you are closer than I know. Will you give me grit just for today, just for this next hour, this next task, this next moment? I promise to do my part. And as I do, I will watch for you to do yours. And we will do this together. For you are my strength and my refuge, my very present help in times of trouble. Thank you. Amen.